right, News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. President's press conference is over. Uh, apparently somebody asked a question with a really thick accent through a mask. Nobody could hear it. Then screen, you know, shouting uh, questions at the president, and it ended. Um, he said, uh, I am not prepared to comment on that at the moment when he was asked about encouraging China to halt Putin. Um, and I see people are now uh, focusing on sort of that last question there that was asked uh, right before uh, we bailed on it. It was the it was about SWIFT and SWIFT stands for the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication. Um, It is a messaging system that runs on a network of financial institutions globally, member-owned, cooperative, used by thousands of banks worldwide to communicate information on financial transactions in a secure and standardized way. And... This was listed as one of the ways to go after Russia, shutting down the banks, but specifically this SWIFT, using this SWIFT program against them, uh, not giving them access to it. He is not doing that. And I'm seeing this is uh, Jonathan Turley said it does not appear that the Biden administration will move to bar Russia from from SWIFT and Ford O'Connell. Uh, who used to work, he's from North Carolina, he used to work for, um, I think he was in Burr's office, Richard Burr, if I remember correctly, but he said not pulling the trigger on Swift is only going to embolden Putin. And this gets to a piece that I uh, ran across the other day by Jim Garrity, who was talking about the Swift, and not the Swift program, but but quick and severe costs. This was a line that was uh, uttered by the vice president on February 19th, speaking at the Munich security conference. And she said, we have prepared together economic measures that will be swift, severe, and united. And then the white house unveiled the first tranche as they call it, or the first group of sanctions targeting two major Russian state-owned financial institutions, imposing additional restrictions on Russian sovereign debt, and sanctioning five Kremlin-connected elites, or oligarchs. Obviously, the Biden administration could take additional steps and indicated it will do so in the coming days. But after months of promising swift and severe costs, the administration is not yet taking any actions against Russia's largest banks. So far, there's no talk of sanctions on Russian oil and gas exports to the U.S., nor barring imports of Russian platinum, iron, steel, fertilizers, etc., all of that stuff. Now, again, remember, this was before the invasion and before the president made this speech. But Garrity's point was that when you talk about swift and severe sanctions... They look pretty gradual and moderate up to now. Did that embolden Putin? Garrity seems to think so. So how should the West respond? Mark Antonio Wright at National Review also, he listed, uh, what is this, six, seven, eight, nine things that the West should do. 
First, sanctions long promised by the West in the event uh, of an invasion should be imposed. Any hesitation to impose maximum sanctions will be viewed as utter weakness. Make no mistake, these sanctions cannot hope to force Moscow to withdraw from Ukraine. But the United States, the UK, the EU, and our uh, Asian allies should move quickly to uh, to sanction Russian banks, individual oligarchs and elites, and any business or organization that could contribute to the Russian war machine. Britain has said it will seize the assets and real estate of Russian oligarchs in London if Putin invades Ukraine. Every Western country should follow Britain's lead. Take all of it. Seize all of it. Right? Because the idea is that you apply pressure in their home country, and that forces them to reverse course. Right? That's the idea. Not a, not a quick fix, not a quick, uh, quick fix. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Just a, a programming note after 2.30, because I did build a show, actually, before Putin invaded. Um, so I, I booked Dallas Woodhouse to come back and talk a little bit about the... Uh, uh, the ruling that came down from the trial court and uh, then the state Supreme Court refusing to take up the uh, the appeals uh, on the redistricting topic. So we'll give you an update on that after 2.30. Uh, so a couple of emails here. This is from, yeah, here we go. This is from Brad. Pete, what exactly does Biden think he is denying Putin that Putin can't get from China? Like, like what? Bourbon and lottery tickets? Yeah, pretty much. Like, I was thinking the same thing. Like, oh, we're going to keep him from getting all this high-tech stuff. Isn't all of that stuff made in China? What? Yeah. Um, it's from Joseph on Ukraine. The Middle East only has oil, too. Yet we have spent trillions of dollars and thousands of lives over there in the last 30-plus years. Only having oil doesn't make Russia weak at all. I don't feel I have a dog in this Eastern European turf war to see whose corrupt puppet rules Ukraine, either Russia or the West. Worrying about Ukraine's borders while ours are under siege seems asinine to me. This is the problem. This is why the warning against foreign entanglements was so important. But here we are. NATO is a foreign entanglement. And again, like I keep coming back to this question. You want to get out of NATO? You want? No, Pete, I'm not saying that. Well, all right. But the whole point of the the idea of NATO is an attack on one is an attack on all. Much like an attack on one U.S. state by a foreign power would be an attack on all U.S. states. Right. You you hit New York on 9-11 you hit America on 9-11. That's the point, right? Mutual defense. So NATO operates under the same concept. Unless you say, scrap NATO, bail, or they need to do more. And I understand that, and I agree with that. Europe has ridden the uh, the coattails or the purse strings of America and Americans for a very, very long time. And they have refused to do for themselves, what they demand of us. And maybe this is a good opportunity for them to 
up their commitment to mutual aid and defense? Maybe. We shall see. But the bottom line is still we are a part of NATO, and that is a foreign entanglement. So we're already there. So we are either going to sever that relationship and let Europe do whatever it's going to do, or we are now forced into a position where you've got, uh, is it Lithuania, I think, is a member uh, of NATO, or maybe it was Latvia. I forget. Um, but they, as Brett Winterbull said, they have uh, invoked Article 4 in the in the NATO pact, and that means they're very worried. They're like, because that's their border right there. And does Putin stop here? Why would he? What happens if we, we slap all these sanctions on Russia, and now Russia starts attacking us? And they start launching cyber attacks on our infrastructure. This gets out of hand very, very quickly. So you may not care about politics, but politics cares about you. Um, I don't have a dog in the fight. He had said uh, turf war to see whose corrupt puppet rules Ukraine. That's a problem, too. You've got people who have been leading Ukraine and and then ousted and, you know, whatever, and then get in. And, yeah, they're seen as puppets of the West or the Kremlin. So we we have some decisions to make now. But I don't think there's, and he said, the president said, we're not going to be sending any troops over there. Um, let me see. This is from Brian Pete. How will all those college kids that voted for Biden feel when they get their orders to report for a physical from the selective service system? How about all the liberal Myers Park rich kid girls? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't... Uh, let me go over here. David, welcome to the show. Hey, David, I have about a minute. David. David, turn your radio down, please, sir. David. Oh, my gosh. There are a few things that are more annoying in my life than that. Very few things. You can try to call back, David, but I'm going to be moving on. I, I appreciate the effort, but uh, no, it didn't happen. This is from Mike. He says, Pete, I was wrong about Putin. I really thought he was trying to bully his way into the concession of keeping Ukraine out of NATO. But it seems he was planning to take Ukraine all along. He might as well take the whole country since the U.S. and its allies won't defend Ukraine against Russian troops. Because remember, the whole point of NATO was to block Russia, right, to block the Soviet Union. That was the point. Putin had years to plan for potential sanctions and prepare for this invasion. No doubt his money has already been moved from Swiss bank accounts that might be frozen. What else can be done to him? He knows NATO won't go to war with Russia. So like Hitler, he expects appeasement and he'll get it. We can only hope his aggression stops with former Soviet Union territories. The way I think this might play out is one potential way is you, and I know I didn't get to the rest of that article, but I'll try to uh, come back to it uh, in the uh, last segment of the hour. The way I think this might play out is that he takes large chunks this time, and then he pulls back, keeping the areas that he has conquered. I don't know what those areas are, but I think that then gives all of the rest of the world the ability to go, Oh, okay, good. He's going back home. Yay, us. And then everyone can pretend like it didn't happen. Kind of like what happened in like Georgia and Crimea, right? I think that might be the, the plan here. 
We got a uh, Dallas Woodhouse. He is, um, I forget what his official title is with the uh, John Locke Foundation. And uh, he writes a blog over at carolinajournal.com called The Woodshed. And uh, we had him on the other day talking about the redistricting case. So uh, candidate filing in North Carolina got underway as scheduled today. Supreme Court refused late yesterday to delay the use of redistricting maps that were endorsed by the trial judges earlier yesterday. Okay, so we got Dallas back here. Let's uh, bring him back. Hey, hey, Dallas, how are you? Hey, how are you? I'm good. I am good. So, uh, all right, like, first off, um, were you at all surprised at the, because uh, a lot has happened in 24 hours, at the initial ruling and then the the state Supreme Court uh, not taking up any of the three appeals? Well, I was I wasn't surprised at the latter yeah. because the, the the lower court had done the dirty work, um, and and um, so here's where we end up. You can take all this political science uh, gobbledygook and mathematical hocus pocus that the Democrat Supreme Court put forward in the initial ruling. But, of course, they never would create a bright-line test. So the Republicans passed, you know, their maps passed all these uh, tests that they could identify and compare apples to apples. In other words, they used the same test that the plaintiffs did in the trial. And the fact is that the the special masters in the trial court just sort of ignored it. And, you know, they, they let other experts pick you know, other data. And, you know, there's an unlimited, there's literally, you know, like Buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond the number of data sets you can use, you know, to keep moving the goalposts. So, so what, really it, boil it down yeah. is the, the court determined that Democrats in North Carolina, as of right now today, do not have enough uh, congressional seats, irrespective of what the voters think. And they decided that um, the Republicans could have no more than the eight seats that they currently have in a 13-seat map, and that the additional seat that North Carolina picked up had to go to Democrats. So um, in a state that Republicans won the statewide vote last year or 2020 yeah. and have won six consecutive legislative elections, they are set to have a congressional map that when you add in the 14th seat makes them worse off than they are. Um, it's also a congressional map that is largely uncompetitive and unresponsive to the voters. In other words, you know, the six seats for Democrats are solid, impenetrable um, Democrat seats. Um, you know, Lord Jesus became a Republican. He couldn't win them either. Right. Um, you know, the, the, the six Republican seats are pretty solid. And then Republicans have to win the two swing seats, which they got a pretty good shot of doing this year, to... Um, 
to simply get back to where they are with eight seats. Now, um, different political persuasions are going to have different views from that, but at the end of the day, um, this was not about having competitive districts or responsive districts. It was about guaranteeing the Democrats a certain amount of seats, and they got that, I think, um, you know, the fact is this will only be the congressional map for, for this election. You know, the party that controls the General Assembly, you know, beginning in 2023 will, will, will redraw these districts. Um, uh, you know, if the Democrats were to somehow take over, which, you know, I think I'd put, you know, one in a million shot, then they might leave them alone because we're likely to have a Republican Supreme Court. But in all likelihood, we're going to have Republican majorities and a Republican Supreme Court that will have a dramatically different congressional map um, next year. On the legislative maps, at the end, they took, you know, the revised uh, maps that the Republicans in the legislature did. Those certainly improved. Uh, what Republicans or what Democrats would have done, I think it, you know, I think through the distribution of the voters and the election cycle, you know, Republicans should stay firmly in solid majorities in both chambers. And while the real goal of the Democrats in the lawsuits was to try to prevent Republicans from getting super majorities next year. Um, and I think they've gone a long way into doing that. But, you know, if Biden continues to track he is in and the election continues to track it is in, um, I, I think Republicans have, you know, maybe a 40 percent shot of getting those super majorities. OK. Um, can you explain what happened with the congressional seats in Mecklenburg County? Because that seemed like, I don't know, a little bit of cracking went on there of uh, black voters in Mecklenburg County. Well, I mean, no question. I mean, they cracked them right in half. And and the the fact is, if a general assembly had passed the map that the special masters uh, passed, it would be struck down for racial gerrymandering, not only in Mecklenburg County, but in... um, several other of the major urban counties where they cracked the black populace right in half, you know, um, that, you know, there is no honor among thieves in this. And, you know, there are no principles that have been upheld of communities of interest. The fact is when you decided that the Democrats have five seats now, and they were going to be gifted a sixth seat, the only place to go get it is Mecklenburg, hmm. and they be, and they basically drew. Uh, yeah. and, and and God love you people in Mecklenburg County because it is highly <laughs> likely that Senator Jeff Jackson is going to be your congressman. So, oh good Lord, God. do you people down there? We're going to need all the prayers we can get for that one. All right, uh, Dallas Woodhouse with the uh, Carolina Journal. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks for your insight. Call anytime, brother. All right, take care. That's Dallas Woodhouse. All right, News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Figured I would get Dallas on. I know it's kind of like just 
right in the middle of all the Ukraine coverage. But uh, it's live radio, so be it. By the way, just announced 7,000 U.S. troops going to be sent to Germany. Germany, where the Chancellor Olaf Scholz said that Putin won't win this war. Why? Because the citizens of Europe want peace. Really? That's why he's not going to win? Because the other people don't want him to? All right. I'm not sure that does it. Like, the whole point of the speak softly, carry a big stick thing is that you actually have to carry a big stick. Like, that's the idea there, is that you have the big stick. He said that the uh, people of Europe want peace, rule of law, and democracy, and so do the citizens of Ukraine. And by golly, you should let them have it. All right, let me jump over here uh, to the phones again. Here is Joseph. Welcome to the program. Hello, Joseph. Yes, I uh, hope you're doing great today. And uh, I am. are doing great. Uh, my, I was listening earlier this morning to uh, the Keystone Pipeline and uh, dependence is for the American people mm-hmm. and maybe some other countries. But my question is, uh, who are we getting this oil from? I know we're not getting from Keystone, but if we're getting oil, who are we getting from and paying this hundred dollars for each barrel from Russia? Well, well, yeah, right. Russia is a dealer on the open market, right on the global market for oil. So, yes, they get everybody gets that same price. You got the OPEC nations, you get America, Canada, right? Oil producers, everybody is selling. That's what the commodity goes for. But but he won't. Biden will not open the Keystone Pipeline to get uh, the right. oil that we've got uh, over a hundred years of oil, yeah. coal, and all that. Yeah. No. Look, and Eastern Europe is in very similar, uh, except for France. But Eastern Europe, uh, Europe, I should say, Western Europe, like they're all in the in the same boat because they they've basically allowed a truant twelve year old Swedish girl to dictate their energy policy, and that's gonna cost a lot of people their lives because they're now dependent on this Russian oil. And I don't know how you getting off of that is going to be very difficult, especially short term. But see, didn't Biden take and uh, finish out that pipeline for Putin? I mean, well, that's the uh, yeah, they they gave the green light for Nord Stream, too. But now that's been part of the sanction package is to is to stop that. And to and to Germany's credit, they did that. So. Um, so, I mean, that, that's a, that's a good thing that will hurt Russia, but there's gotta, you gotta bring so much pain via sanctions. Uh, and again, it, it's not going to expel them from Ukraine. What's, what's lost is lost by this point. And it's only going to stop when Russia decides it wants to stop. That's it. That's, I mean, that's my, uh, that's my read on it, but you know, what do I know? Yeah. And by, and Biden doesn't even care to do anything. That's what I don't understand. Well, he's doing the sanctions. What what, what would you what would you uh, propose he do? What what would you recommend? I would propose he do. I open the Keystone Pipeline. I mean, I know oh, he's not going to sure. do it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a, a total, yeah, a total shift in the uh, in the energy policy. I think would would also send really strong signals too. Joseph, thanks for the call, sir. I appreciate it. Let me go to Roger here. Hello, Roger. Welcome to the show. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Hey, I am well. What's up? Good. Hey, I just wanted to uh, mention that I just finished a book by Tom Clancy called Line of Sight. Mm-hmm. And 
it's very interesting. Uh, the whole thing set in Bosnia, Herzegovina, and all that. At one point, towards the end of the book, it references how Russia is doing false flag activities to instigate a war between NATO and Russia. The book was written four years ago mm. by Clancy, and it's... Mm. I got over to page 311, and all of a sudden, it just read like I was looking at something on TV today. Yeah. So the so the goal there is what? The objective is what? You, you, in, you induce this war with NATO. Obviously, Russia thinks it can win. Oh, yeah. And, and then what? Just go in and conquer other countries again? Exactly. Mm. And it referenced, it referenced uh, Ukraine. It referenced... Uh, all the Bosnia Serbs, uh, all that business, defeating yeah. all the Muslim act, action uh, groups and everything. It was just weird that it was reading like today. Yeah, no, I hear you. I appreciate the call, Roger. Thank you. Uh, let me jump over here now to Jimmy. Hello, Jimmy. What is going on? Uh, hey, Pete. Hey. Um, when the nukes start flying, do you think my mask can protect me? Will the masks protect you from the nuclear fallout? I don't know. It's a good question. It's a good question. Well, I think it has to be the K the KN95s. Those are the best ones. So, as I understand it, the cloth ones are now no longer. About about a month ago, I think the cloth ones would have worked, but now the science says they don't. So, probably not anymore. Remember, follow the science and data. Yeah, that's right. All right, Jimmy. I appreciate the call, man. Thank you. Uh Oh, here we got. This is James. Not to be confused with Jimmy, who we just heard from. James, welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. Um, man, this is real serious. I don't think people understand. Mm -hmm. uh, Putin, Putin's the new um, Hitler. This guy, he ain't stopping here. I think Poland's probably next. He don't fear us at all. He don't. And that's saying the sanctions are going to work. He can get anything he needs from China. Well, and China's, and China's going to go into Taiwan. Right. Now. You can believe that's that's fixing to happen. So the communists are trying to take over Asia and Europe. And uh, Putin's scary, man. Like I said, I mean, and Biden, like I said, he's such a joke. I mean, it's it's just it's ridiculous. I mean, thousand troops in Germany. What's that going to do? Come on. I mean, it's ridiculous. If you're not going stand up and fight him. He's in threat in the world. He'll nuke you. I mean, and he, he will. I believe that. So, James, that'll be the last word on it. I appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you. Sure. All right, yeah, we're out of time. Brent Winterbull's coming up next. I have a feeling this topic might come up. Stick around. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Brett is, by the way, live from CPAC.